Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. from BlackRock Kennedy and you're listening to Concerts That Made Us. concerts that made us it's very good to be here brian it's great to have you now so black rock candy released trouble back in september 
Talk about the perfect rock song. I mean, oh man, it really rocks. What can you tell us about it? Um, it that it was actually different from that when we were writing it. I mean, that's I feel like something that's pretty interesting because we had this kind of finished song, and as we're finishing it up, we're like, well, our guitarist was like, I don't like like, like that riff, and we were all just kind of like, yeah, like I think it could be better. And then we came up with that and just like once we heard that, it was like, oh, man, that's that's ridiculous. It just became this crazy high energy rocker. That was just so rad. Right. Right. The video, the video is just as cool as the song itself. Where where did you guys get the concept? How did you come up with it? Our guitarist came up with it. She was like, we should go to a break room and just break stuff. (laughs) and we were all like that is the best idea i've ever heard in my life so naturally we just did that (laughs) (laughs) talk about giving new meaning to the word break room huh (laughs) oh it was it was amazing we were playing music the whole time while we were breaking stuff i took a sledgehammer and we just started like banging all the all this like cheap equipment that we got it was amazing (laughs) sounds like actually you know you might have to incorporate that into the band it sounds like a good way to get your frustrations out yeah no i i think it's just a it'd be a cool uh stage thing to do you start breaking stuff you know that's that's happened in the past you know those bands have done that but i think it's just it's such a cool thing to see i was watching um like i, like I was telling you earlier uh i got into lit and at their woodstock 99 performance um at the end of it he the guitarist he lights his guitar on fire sticks it up in the air and just smashes it and it's just like such a cool way to end a show. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a good way to make sure you don't have to do an encore as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't got any instruments left. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to making new music, what does the dynamic look like in the band? Uh, well, we, we kind of changed it up. On our first uh, album, it was more so uh, collective kind of thing. Like we're all in like the same room, but um, the guitarist would come over to my house and we'd write like a riff or a full song and then we take it to our producer and we just and he'd help us make make it better and now it's more like a little bit more separated we're trying something a little different to where uh, the guitarist and the producer are just kind of going through and and figuring out the songs and then i'm just going to come in lay lay drum tracks down and singer's going to do her melody and we're trying it a little bit that way uh right now just to see if we can get anything new yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. And when you're making new music, what part do you enjoy most? And then the other side, what part do you absolutely dread? What feels like work? Uh, none of it really does. <laughs> none of it really feels like, like work. It's just kind of like, it's just creative freedom. I couldn't tell you, man. It, it's all great. I, I love the whole songwriting process. from and Especially like melodies and stuff trying to help because I, I will sometimes we'll try to help with melody and lyrics sometimes like with words and whatnot and it's it's even it's pretty cool because we're all just like sitting together in a room um even just the friend the friend the friend uh what's the word i'm looking for i guess the friendliness of, of all of us in, in a room together is just great this is the, all of it's great it's right and you know, you guys, you you've been together for seven years. How did the band get together? So I didn't join until about four or five years ago. They started a band um 
but it was an all girl like cover band and that that was seven years ago and i remember they wanted me as their drummer before then but i didn't want to do it then but <laughs> anyways <laughs> um so they later lost their their next drummer and like so part of the band kind of left and did their own thing and they needed a drummer so they hit me up and was i was like okay yeah sure i'll, I'll join the band and then i did that we did covers for about a year i want to say and then uh, we started doing our original music, which we've been doing for a while now. Gotcha. I gotcha. Can you uh, share any insights into what it's like being in a band with two sisters? Is there any sibling rivalry or anything like that? Um, there's like funny things that happen because I think they're uh, their siblings, like little arguments. They're just so, so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it reminds me of me and my, my brother. And I'm like, man, this is weird. Because they're they're so close, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter. You're not like trying to be polite or whatever to your sibling. Um, so there's like little things like that that happen that are pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I suppose at this stage, so we'll dive a bit into your history to give the the listeners a sense of where you come from musically. So if you can now, can you remember your earliest musical memory? My earliest music memory was probably that I remember, not, not that my dad has told me, um, <laughs> is uh, listening to Sad Wings of Destiny by Judas Priest, um, especially the song Tyrant. Tyrant was like my song that I would listen to all the time. Um, so Sad Wings of Destiny was definitely one I remember the most. And then Iron Maiden's uh, original album, their first album. And then I, I, I love uh, Prowler off that. I remember as a kid, like seven years old or something, just loving Prowler. I don't really remember too much before seven, though. <laughs> right. <So. laughs> and, you know, can you pinpoint the exact moment then that sparked the desire to become a musician? Well, my, my dad was a guitarist and I, I looked up to my dad. Um, he was he could shred and I was just so like blown away when I was a kid and I wanted to be a guitarist. So he had the, these uh, Lick Library CDs that we'd watch. And um, and I, I would try, but I don't know, it just wasn't my thing. And eventually I just picked up drums and I got this little like Amazon, whatever, wherever we got at Sears or I don't even know. This like, you know, like those really small drum kits. And I remember my, my brother, he was playing guitar and uh, we, we ended up playing Uprising together by Muse. That was like our first song that we, we learned together. So. I have to ask, was there ever any uh, possibility of your brother joining the band as well and having two sisters, two brothers? I actually believe, I think there was at one point where um, they wanted my brother to play rhythm guitar. I, I'm faintly remembering that. Uh, that would have been cool, but my, my brother kind of gave up guitar. He, he, was, uh, he wasn't really a fan of being on stage. So, Right, right. I suppose it doesn't work for everyone. Yeah, it's not everybody's thing. Yeah. So growing up then, what was your local music scene like and how does it compare to today? My local music scene, I don't even remember. I was so into um like 80s and 90s music. I remember always not liking the music that was out. Because when I was in like elementary or middle school, I remember never understanding the music that was of to of that day, like the new pop wave, whatever. I was always so alienated from it. And I was like, man, this is weird. <laughs> Why are you guys listening to this when you could be listening to, to Priest or Maiden, man? 
Oh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's concerts that made us. So I have to ask you, as a concert goer, what concerts do you think have made you? Oh, man. I remember a huge one. Um, I, I saw Motley Crue on one of their farewell tour, tours in 2015. And I remember the show was just amazing. I remember that there was like this like pentagram in the back that lit on fire. And I was like, what? And I was like a kid. So like, I was like, what the heck? Like, that was super cool. And then his his uh, little drum riser thing that he does. And it was just a really cool show. So that show was one that um, was really, really cool. But more recently, I don't know how recent anymore. It was like 2017. Uh, I saw Metallica with Avenged Sevenfold. And they, uh, I was just getting into Brooks Wackerman. And he's their their newer drummer now. Um, after Jimmy died and I was just getting into his drumming and I went and saw him and I was just blown away. He instantly became my favorite drummer just watching Brooks play. And that was a concert that really, um, because of the drummer shaped the way I play now. Right. Right. How do you, how do you mean he shaped us? What did you adapt his, some of his style or? Oh yeah. I I work constantly on trying to get his uh, flow around the kit and his technique. I'm constantly studying it. Um, so it's definitely changed the way that I play. And even the weird fills and weird bell accents he uses, uh, I try to not copy, but, you know, Im- imitate it. Just try to throw st- weird stuff in there like that in, in our music that we do. So. Right, right. I'm really looking forward to hearing about this now. For any listeners that haven't caught one of your shows, what can they expect? Give them the full experience if you can. We just, we always try to put on the highest energy show possible. And uh, yeah, just come if you want to have a a good time, you know, Uh, just if you want to like jump around and run around and go crazy, that's the kind of show that, that you're in and for, and just, just like riffs and fast. I don't know. Come if you want to have a good time. <laughs> Plain and simple. <laughs> mm-hmm. And how do you how do you guys work on your stage show then? And make sure that you know it's constantly fresh. Uh we are constantly trying to make it better. Yeah, I feel like that's a big part of making it fresh. Is we are constantly practice like we've been practicing new transitions and stuff that uh we think are are cool to go in between songs. And, um, you know, doing stuff like that and updating that is a big part of keeping the show new. So people aren't seeing the same show over and over again, you know. So I'd say, you know, those little things in between songs or switching up the set list um, to not be the same as it was last time. You know, if you're playing the same place again, stuff, stuff like that, I feel like is how we keep it. We keep it fresh. That's right. Now, you guys have played a long list of legendary venues. If you think about all the gigs you've played, is there one that sticks in your mind as maybe the best experience you've had? Oh, man. I remember one so vividly, and it was the first time we did the the Wait Whiskey. And that one, I don't know if I remember, for it was so awesome being there, but I remember being so nervous. I don't know why I was just so nervous to play. There was like a good amount of people there. And I was just like, we, we played so many gigs before that. And so that's the one I remember the most. And it ended up being an amazing show. And as, as I got playing, it was just like, 
just all the energy in the room was just in in everything. So that was a really good show. Then um, Chain Reaction, it's another in Anaheim, is amazing, amazing venue. And every time we play there, it's always the highest energy. Um, I feel like the people there are a little bit younger and they'll jump around and like bang their head and stuff. So that's always super cool. Nice. Right. And the flip side, I always say you have to have the good with the bad. So when you think about every gig you've ever played, is there one that is maybe the worst experience and how did you overcome it? The worst experience, huh? Um, uh, playing in front of nobody is always a big, a big downer, you know? Um, there, there's playing in front of nobody. Uh, like we were, we were in, I think, Phoenix, or somewhere along our our tour. Maybe at the, it was like closer to the start, and we we played at someone. We played it somewhere, and there was like ten people there, and it was kind of like ah. Uh, um, and then on top of that, I remember making some mistakes, and I was like so bummed. So it was like a double, like down, but it was still cool. You know, we I still enjoyed playing it. You know, it's always fun just to play. When that happens, though, say no one turns up or even 10 people turn up, how do you keep going? You know, how do you not just like be like, right, there's no one here. We'll just head on, head on to the next spot. Well, because at the end of the day, there's still 10, 10 people there and those 10 people are going to get the best show of their lives. So <laughs> I was hoping you'd say we're, we're still going to keep the same energy for those 10, 10 people. as we would. Even if there was one person there watching us, we're going to keep that same energy, that same show going. So. The other side of it as well is, I suppose, it's like almost like a paid rehearsal. Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> Getting practice for for the, the, the next bigger one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's always a positive. And when it comes to showtime, just before you go on stage, do you guys have any pre-show rituals? And then afterwards, any post-show rituals? You know, how do you psych yourself up? And then how do you wind down? Hmm. Well, we all have kind of our different things that we do. All, all of us warm up. So we'll all have our instruments and I'll have like a practice pad or something. And we'll all just kind of get ready for the show. And I know our lead singer, she has like this whole ritual that if she was here, she'd tell you the whole thing that she does before beforehand. It's pretty crazy. I'm glad I'm not a, a singer. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'd say warming up. I'll, I'll sometimes listen to really heavy music to like get myself in the energy or like fast music. I won't listen to anything that's slow or anything like that um just to get me pumped up and then like as i'm as as we're coming off the stage um honestly it's just like you're just i've every time i come off stage i'm just sitting there like if i'm driving home or something i, I just sit there and just start thinking i don't know they're waiting for the adrenaline to just like wear off but i'll sometimes put on like soothing more calm like calmer music like some of uh stone Temple pilot stuff i really like listening to when i'm in like a calmer mood like Vatican gift shop era, Stone Temple Pilots. I love that stuff. Right, right. Any wild or exciting stories you can share with us from your time on tour? Um, yeah, and it's the it's one that I don't think I'll ever forget. Is as, as it was that um that Phoenix show or is it Phoenix? Yeah, Phoenix show that I was just telling you about. As we're we're coming off, we see we're like packing our um, RV to go to the next spot it's like 12 maybe one in the morning around there and these police cars are there and these these police are like running around trying to find the, the, this guy and i was just like what is going on and we we're just like we got to get out of here 
because Phoenix was like deserted, I guess, at the time because college isn't in. Mm. So that was a trip. <laughs> right. <laughs> I suppose anything can happen on tour, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Especially that that late, you know. Yeah. Yeah, some crazy stuff happens at night. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. And what has been the biggest challenge you you guys have faced as a band, and how did you overcome it? Biggest challenge, huh? Um, probably writing our first album. I'd say was a was a big challenge because we didn't really know what we were doing. We were just kind of like writing music, and we all have extremely extremely different uh, influences. Like the like our lead singer, she likes pop. She likes some rock now, but at the time she was really into like Adele and stuff. I remember that. And then our, our guitarist was classic rock. Our keyboardist was was country. I was thrash metal, and we were just all in a room trying to figure it out, trying to put all of our ideas into one. A lot of arguments, a lot of a lot of stuff. So, but we ended up overcoming it when we we came up with something that we all really really enjoy and really like. So, um, it was a really good challenge. That's a good mix of uh, of tastes into one band. <laughs> yeah, a lot of different stuff. Yeah. And how do you handle disagreements or creative differences in the band then? You just handle it in a way that, you know, is not disrespectful to anyone else, right? Like you don't, you don't try and make it that your opinion, opinion is the only opinion that goes. You got to be willing to collaborate with everyone else on what they want and compromise, right? So I feel like that's a big thing is compromise. And can you share any advice on how you guys build and maintain a strong connection with your fan base? How do you go about it? We try to interact with them a lot and we're on social media and stuff trying to interact. And um, whenever they're they're at the shows, we will all go down and meet everybody that's down there, especially at like some of the cover gigs that we do um where we're there just paid to do covers and stuff we'll go out and just talk to everybody meet somebody new and and so we just try to always have that like human connection with 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 our with our fans and people who come to see us um yeah how do the the cover gigs compare to your own gigs from a a personal feeling point of view how do you how do you feel about them well i'm thankful for all the cover gigs that we get i mean they they fund our all of our stuff that we do. Um, they they do not compare to the original gigs though. There's so much energy at original gigs, whereas cover gigs, you know, we're just kind of playing covers. People are just kind of listening and eating or whatnot, you know. So that's always kind of been a a major thing for bands as well, isn't it? Because obviously you make more doing cover gigs and you get paid a lot less doing originals, and it's kind of always been a case of right do we make the jump to doing originals or do we just keep making the good money no 100 percent. like some of the original gigs you don't even get paid for so but uh the the cover gigs they you know i feel like they're almost a part of what you have to do if you don't have a job or whatnot like that's how you pay for everything that's how we we've paid for everything is through cover gigs we have like a collective account that we put everything in and uh that's how we how we do everything i mean you don't I, we don't we didn't want to be a cover gig forever so we knew that this was going to happen but you know a lot of money has has went into the original band it takes it takes quite a bit into into being an original act that's for sure that's for sure and you know when you think of the future of the band how would you like to evolve 
as a band? Say five years time, what would it look like? Five years. Um, well, I really like the route that we're going down right now, like this alternative punk kind of route. Um, I I hope that we can uh, play some bigger shows. I'd see us that, you know, that people will be going crazy at a bigger show. You know, a lot of people uh, maybe at a festival or something. I don't know. In five years, though. I'm not quite sure, man. Not 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 there yet. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And before we dive into the last couple of questions, future plans that are set in stone, new music, gigs, anything you want to share with us? Yeah, I mean, we got um, a new EP that we're working on. So we got the two singles, Honey in Trouble, right now. And then we're working on uh, another three or so songs, two or three or more songs for an EP that we're going to release, hopefully next next year in the summertime. Yeah, so we're working on those songs as we speak and getting those recorded, so. Sounds like exciting time, so. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> and we'll uh, we'll dive into the last couple of questions. These are a couple of random, odd music questions, but I'm intrigued to see your answers. So if you could see any performer from history in concert for one night only, who would it be? Alice in Chains with Lane Staley or, or Stone Temple Pilots with Scott. Either one of those. Either one of those. Two very solid picks there and actually ones I hear a lot when I ask that question. I bet, I bet. I think everybody wants to see Lane and Scott again. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Now here's where the odd part comes in. If you had to spend 24 hours locked in a room with any musician from history, who would it be? Oh, man. Scott, Scott Weiland. I, I I have to know how he comes up with his melodies. I, I feel like that would just be amazing because in my I'm a drummer and I want to be songwriter and being in a room with him. I love his weird melodies that he comes up with, these little weird runs that he does. And I, I, I have to know more. <laughs> you can't argue with that. And the final one. So now this may be a bit impossible, but. What song would appear on the soundtrack to your life? Oh man, <laughs> that's a <laughs> that's a question. Um, yikes! I don't know. There's there's so many. Uh, it's hard to narrow it down, ain't it? Yeah, the one song. Um, can we narrow it down to an album? I think I could do an album. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number four, Stone Temple Pilots. That album has been with me for almost my entire life. Um, it feels like, and that album has a lot of meaning to me. And uh, yeah. Right. Has to be that one. So listen, Aaron, it's been great crack now. Thanks a million. Yeah, it's been great, man. Got to be honest.
Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please rate and review us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're interested in signing up the Band Builder Academy, use the link in the show notes below and enter the code CONCERTS and you'll receive 10% off. So, until next time, keep rockin'. Hey. Hey, what are you guys still doing here? The show is over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.